1: you'll have to share that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with amax
0: you're listening to the 23 personnel podcast a texas tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line here are your hosts spencer and michael
1: Alright, what is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Week two. Talk of course, I had you, this week. had you muted for a second. I'm so sorry. He said week two. We're, we're good
0: to go. Yeah, or, I said hello week two. A very, very long hello. My bad.
1: I, I, I try to, I'm trying to multitask over here, run a board, talk to my co-host.
0: It's a lot, man. You got a lot on your plate. There lots of, a
1: lot of buttons and sliders and lights, and it's a thing. Anyways, week one in the books, a whole four days of college football. And uh, I, I, I blanked on the schedule. <laughs> Who was it Sunday night? Was that LSU, Florida State? Or was that Clemson, yes. Georgia
0: Tech? Clemson, that was Georgia Monday. Tech was Monday night. All right.
1: That's Sunday night game. Holy crap.
0: I know. I missed, I don't know how. Maybe I maybe I um overserved myself Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but I don't think I watched any football Satur uh, Sunday or Monday. I don't know how I did it. Well. But I know what happened vaguely. <laughs> I know that LSU drove, did some crazy things, missed a PAT. Got a PAT blocked, actually. I did not even know that cause, could really happen.
1: Uh, he, They had two blocked what? in the game. That was their second. Uh, really? Because I, I I had tuned it in. I was listening to the last little bit like, they've had one blocked earlier tonight, and
0: then, whop.
1: I was <laughs> like, oh, they did it again. No,
0: I had no idea. Speaking of blocked PATs, it's not quite the same thing, but... I'm sure a lot of y'all already knew, but North Carolina State is a missed PAT and a missed 40-something-yard field goal away from being 0-1.
1: You hate to see it, man.
0: Man, they, were, they gave East, Eastern Carolina every chance to win that game. Somehow it uh, still came out ahead.
1: Houston is a uh, missed converted um, two-point conversion away.
0: Oh, I've got some notes on that.
1: I've, they, I've, got, uh, a, I've okay. got a, I've got
0: a, a pivotal play that I think turned the game around for Houston.
1: Awesome. Well, let's let's, let's hold on to that though. I am. Uh, we are talking Texas Tech football. We're gonna do a final wrap on the Murray State game. See if we had any under. Well, I I don't know if you can if you can define an over or under reaction, but uh, I've got some. It's impossible over and under reactions. And I'm like, I want to go ahead and, and get out there and just kind of track, just put it out in the ether, see where it goes. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the big 12 quickly, just about scores really, um, uh, give a, an update on the, uh, defense depth chart. I had, I had some, some learnings. Remember when we, we talked about the starters and like they only listed two defensive linemen plus Tyree Wilson. Well, I figured out why that was. <laughs> ah <Yeah>, okay, because <laughs> he's a different lineman. Spoiler alert. Um, we'll we'll talk about the offense under Tyler Shuck versus Donovan Smith, and if it changed, spoiler alert, it did. I'll tell you how. I did some research today. Uh, look at a quick injury update, and then preview the Houston Houston Cougars. That was mess. It was all. I, I've got lots of things, lots of numbers. Just buckle up, strap in. Uh, we are going to start this ride, though, let you all know that today's episode of the 23 Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sportsdrink, your digital water cooler. Sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, also, if you if you aren't getting enough of us or the gambling gauchos and you just need more, Saturday mornings, 10 to noon. Rob bros college tailgate show. Here are the four of us on Talk 103.9 FM here in Lubbock or streaming online KKAM.com or on the Talk 103.9 mobile app. Michael, are you ready? You're, yeah, okay, good. Let's uh, <laughs> jump into football, man. Let's do it. Yes. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss touchdown. able to escape, and then picked Very off, back to back, turnovers
0: and waters, one of the other ways, down 10. the sideline, touchdown, Kick six. 70 yards, Marquise Waters, play fake,
1: finds Tharp again, and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown, the deep ball, down the middle, That's caught, touchdown,
0: Texas Tech,
1: My Place 39 yards for the score.
0: Actually, 30.
1: Intercepted. Picked off at the 20 yard line. Smith to throw it. open. has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Smith. Buying a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Touchdown.
0: Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Wow.
1: Lost my headphones there for a second. I am a little excited about numbers. Numbers don't really work so well on a spoken medium, but.
0: We're going to do it anyway. (laughs) We're going to
1: do it anyway. Dang it. We always do it. We're always like, here's the stats and the, we're just going to talk numbers and you're just going to try to follow along. We're going to use the numbers basically as uh, data points to support an argument that I'm going to make that when Kitley said, or McGuire said they had packages developed, they weren't messing around. Y'all again getting that in a little bit. Week one follow up. I want to start off right off the bat, Michael. And maybe, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll go second here. Are there any under reactions? Like you, you played something down a little bit, you're like actually that 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 could that could be a big thing, or was it an over reaction like, oh my gosh, the the de- the defensive backs were horrible, and you're like, actually, they'll, they'll be fine. I, anything from week one, Texas Tech related, before we kind of spread that out.
0: I like that your example was the exact one I'm going to say.
1: Well, because I-
0: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home
1: isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing I think that's
0: that's that's where we're all at. We're like, I, I, think I, I don't
1: know how much of a, a deal to make of the defensive backs.
0: Right. I, I, think, I think we properly reacted on the podcast, but I probably downplayed it a little bit more, uh, especially because I didn't know if Fry was going to be out. It looks like he might be back for Houston. He's listed as probable. You've got a great injury update up here that you're, you'll go through later, but it was just... I, I do think that might be a slight overreaction on our part because the second half, yes, different quarterback, but not a single first down. And that, that I forgot how much, how many completions the other guy had. He was, was like one for seven or something. I don't remember yeah. what it was.
1: Um. So on that fry injury, I, I realized uh, as I was, re- I rewatched the first half today. I didn't, I didn't spend any time in the second half because it was, Even the first, like the end of the first half, it was getting to where it was like, you could tell by the personnel groupings that Texas Tech was sending in, that it was like, we're going to try to just get reps in. Um, Yeah. But anyways, so that long touchdown that uh, Murray State receiver Jacob Bell caught, the only touchdown they had. Fry and, was it Pearson or Rabbit? Whoever that safety was, his knee... Hit the outside of Fry's leg, like, in what what you would classically just call like like he dead legged him, just his knee on the outside of Fry's, like right right above his knee, but on the side. Um, if you so ever had it was that happen, a
0: tissue injury. If if I think if it was,
1: anything. I think it was called a contusion, Ooh. like a like a deep bruise, basically. Um, the problem with that, like getting hit there, there's, there's, there's enough nerves and connective tissue that like your leg, like it literally will feel dead. Like you just have very little control over it. Obviously you can't do a lot of running when you're dealing with that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, I, there were, there were times where like their receivers got behind the defense and we're just thinking if that happens against a better team or a better quarterback, we're getting torched.
0: Yeah, and and I I wasn't. I'm I'm trying to get a little bit less overreaction on that. I, I just think it was just a combination of some gutsy plays by the quarterback, good plays by the receivers. Yeah, D backs were just they're the their first week back. They're just getting back in. The, I don't know. I I just think okay, that's going to clear itself up. That's going to be something that Tech will fix. I also think possible overreaction or I guess maybe even an underreaction would be Baron Morton's play because I think neither of us were really that impressed, but he's still three for 70%. He still had, uh, you know, a productive day considering that he was also probably working with a lot of twos and threes out there on the field. So I I think we're going to see, Apparently we're going to see him this week because McGuire flat out said again that he's going to rotate those guys. And he thinks it's crazy. This is like the one untouchable position on the field that you're, you just can't rotate guys in. So uh, we should see Morton this week too. And I think this week we will probably be a little bit more impressed than we were last week. So th- those are kind of my two under slash overreactions. Cause I don't know if we underreacted to Morton or overreacted. I'm not really sure. I think it we I think we were just both pretty meh. But I, th- I think he's going to be better than meh if he comes out against Houston.
1: It could have been been an overreaction in the negative for, for yes. Morton sure. Um I think what we saw with Morton, or at least I'm I the way I I would justify my my perspective on it was it wasn't like he was um like that they just ran the same couple of plays and like like his 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 calls were very limited. It was like When things broke down, he got skiddy. And and I don't know, like, is that just a first game jitters? Is it like, holy crap, I don't want to get hit? (laughs) Like, does that go away um, in the next few snaps that he takes, in the next few drives? Does it take a game or two? Like, I don't don't know what what that kind of progression looks like. My, I almost hate to say, I don't want to put it out there. Uh, My underreaction. I loved. I just I loved the offense and how it looked and how it moved under Donovan Smith. I am concerned. He got away with some bad passes. And oh. I think I think we underplayed. How many bad passes he got away with.
0: Well, and how completely wide open our receivers were text hour Well, a couple of those receivers yeah. were open so much and it, i don't know if it was blown coverage i don't know if kitley's a genius because I, I do remember talking on the instant reaction that there were some some crossing routes that kind of had the dbs essentially screen themselves but i don't know if that happened every time because man those guys were just blatantly wide open so like i, I if you look back at smith's first touchdown the defensive back fell
1: right but the troubling thing about that is like i granted there was nobody around the receiver almost had to come to a stop to catch that pass wide open nobody around him he had to severely adjust his run his second touchdown into double coverage on an underthrown ball it was a touchdown on the first play of the drive and you're like, well, heck heck yeah, man. We just scored again. Donovan Smith, two for two, two touchdowns. I was like, man, he throws that against Texas. That's a pick, man. Yeah. Um, And there were just others were like, I don't know. I, I, I think, again, I don't know how much of that is like that. That's who Donovan Smith is or that's game one. So that's, that's where I would give my underreaction. I, I think maybe we downplayed or at least I, I I'm trying to downplay <laughs> the severity of Donovan Smith's accuracy issues. Um, and not that like, again, the offense was f- fan freaking tastic when, when he was on the field, right? 88% completion percentage, um, uh, four touchdowns. Um, it, it was great. um, Do you want to look around the Big 12? I'm like at week two, real quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've got it pulled up. I can run through them if you want.
1: We have one conference game. <clears throat> and it's actually Sorry. probably a little more intriguing than, than I would have thought. Kansas, West Virginia. Does, yes. Can, does Kansas get their first non Texas or Texas Tech conference win?
0: I know. Their first uh road big 12 win since i don't know if you knew this but they beat texas and austin last year yeah they did so just a reminder that that happened doing my cyclone larry impression Uh, hello yeah i'm 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 gonna be watching that one a lot more than i thought i would even though i didn't expect much from west virginia this year west virginia did play well they have a quarterback who likes to sling it so that makes it fun I have not seen a single Kansas highlight. I know nothing about how they actually look. I just know that they <laughs> took care of business against Tennessee Tech. Good for them. But 5 p.m. Yeah, in beautiful Morgantown, uh, in far far east west Texas. That is on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. So good luck with that broadcast, guys. Uh, but starting the day, you've got Mizzou at K State 11 a.m. in Manhattan.
1: Okay. Have you seen some That's of the
0: me- be a blast?
1: Have you seen some of the memes coming out from Kansas State? Somehow no, I haven't. Okay, so one of them was like it was a, a Simpsons meme and they had a flag up there like that flag only has 49 stars. And it's like <laughs> it was Homer's dad. He's like, You better believe I'm not gonna give any respect to Missouri. <laughs> uh and then there was um then there was a, a redrawn map where basically you got like a like a four corners instance of like Uh, Was at Arkansas, uh, and I I couldn't even tell you. But basically, they erased the state of Kansas and like drew in four corners from the states around it. Uh, That that was pretty good. They are all on the Missouri hate this week, and it's actually been really fun to see. Um, So that one would be really interesting to watch. Um, Obviously, Alabama coming to Austin, coming to going to Austin.
0: That's the big nooner kicking off on Fox at the same time as the K-State game. I mean, what, what about these, you know, there's something to be said that the Gauchos tweeted this earlier too, but we all have been thinking it. There's something to be said about these rivalry, rivalries being renewed, you know, like West Virginia going to Pitt and Missouri going to K-State. I mean, these are teams that are regionally very close and hate each other. And the the backyard brawl, I didn't even know what it was called. I never really cared about it because I didn't watch Big East football back in the 90s or whenever it was really popular. But, you know, 11 years it's been gone, and I watched my first backyard brawl, and it was fantastic. So Mizzou versus K-State, I'm definitely going to take that in more than I did when the old Big 12 existed and be a little bit more excited about that. But, yeah, Alabama, Texas, that's going to be the big one to watch. Um, I mean— Texas has people that feel like I, even Kirk Bowles wrote some weird headline Ewers kind of rut, shakes off rust and like he just took a dump on Ewers in the headline <laughs> it was like man just way to add fuel to the fight but anyway it, they, took, they did what they were supposed to do against ULM and Alabama Alabama to whoever they played I don't even know Utah State oh that's right
1: I I just want to take a second to appreciate how many future conference games have been on the schedule: TCU, Colorado, Baylor, BYU, Arizona yeah. State, Oklahoma State, I Alabama, Texas.
0: Yep. Houston, Mizzou, Kansas State. When they get kicked out,
1: Houston, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Iowa, maybe. Yeah we'll did see. you did you see did you speaking of headlines that just trashed the team? Did you see that Iowa headline that like wrote? I hyphen W A and whatever else, and like the subhead said, O was like mistake uh, noticeably th- whatever. <laughs> they're they they're making a play on words, a pun that there was no offense, so they removed all the O's from the headline.
0: Oh yeah, what did they win? Seven to three.
1: Seven to three, and what? Uh, I, I'm going to steal this from the solid verbal. A gentleman's touchdown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because uh like they they're
1: going back to like in NBA uh postseason playoff runs, like a gentleman's sweep is four to one. Uh they they had a gentleman's touchdown because they scored a field goal and two safeties to get to seven.
0: That's right. I forgot about that tidbit.
1: That that game had two field goals and two safeties.
0: Yeah, I saw that described with the the Padme Anakin Skywalker <laughs> meme.
1: Iowa I, I scored a touchdown, and then like you like
0: yeah, that? yeah, good times, it's, they um, scored a touchdown, right, okay, yeah, uh that's way yeah, too so much speaking time. of Iowa, uh, Iowa state will be at Iowa on the big Ten network at three p m for those of you with Hulu Live, you can actually watch this game hey that's Hey-o. me. that's us, uh then um Kent Kent state is. Loading up the bus to um, go get ritually slaughtered in Norman, Oklahoma. Very kind of them
1: but hey, to that, offer
0: up tribute. Uh,
1: shallow Water native uh, Souter, offensive coordinator for Kent State, uh, Andrew Souter.
0: I don't know. Go Mustangs.
1: One of the, the names that came up as like a possibility. So somebody to keep in mind, at least with offensive coordinator targets, when Texas Tech was looking to rebuild their staff this offseason. Currently at Kent State, coming home.
0: Kinda close. Sort of. Coming coming to Matt Wells home. Uh the Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus, which I didn't Sooner know was Vision. a thing. I've kind of forgot that they partnered with ESPN Plus. Because I remember they had that ridiculous Sooner Vision for their third tier rights where I think their fans had to pay forty dollars and it was always just one game. That's good job. Good job, Sooners.
1: It's fantastic. Arizona State at Oklahoma State.
0: Yep. 6.30, Tarled, ESPN 2.
1: Tarleton at TCU 7. Big 12 now ESPN+. plus, Number 9, Baylor on the road, in the mountains, in Provo at 21st ranked
0: BYU. So this isn't even, this is technically Big 12 after dark, isn't it?
1: ESPN 9.15. Because
0: BYU's independent. Baylor's Big 12. BYU's basically... Big 12 in waiting. They're on deck. They're they're in the batter's circle. Is that a thing? Is it batter's circle? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was taking a sip. I love baseball.
1: Yeah. Speaking of baseball, our our Texas Rangers are in a nine game skid right now. That's fun.
0: That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Um. So actually, not bad week of even Big 12 games. Like, there's not one here like eh, snooze. I mean, except for Kansas State at Oklahoma. Tarleton at TCU, everything else, literally every other game on, on the schedule. Like I, I, I would spend a few minutes watching that and not like, because there's nothing else on, like it's not, this is, this isn't week one anymore. Like you can't get away with that,
0: but it's yeah, like, this is, this is 90% watchable football.
1: <laughs> 90% screw you TCU. Um, okay. Let's, let, let's come back to Texas tech. Let's look at, um, the depth chart or whatever you want to call it for Murray state. One, we're going to have to kind of reshuffle on the quarterback. Obviously Tyler Shuck went down and will be out for several weeks. Maybe, maybe he's done. We'll see.
0: One thing I wanted to mention, you know, how, when you play the intro for football, we always kind of think of something. Was it the two interception? No, the first highlight is Tyler Shuck carries it himself and it's just kind of has a different meaning now. It does. It hurts to hear it.
1: Watching, re-watching the first half today, granted, there was only a couple of plays after that run. Like, so he gets up and it's kind of like, kind of like rolls his, his shoulder. Like, huh, I didn't feel good. Like the like the longer it goes on until like the end of the quarter, like he's visibly like tugging on his pads, putting his hand under there, rubbing, trying to keep it loose, moving his left arm around. um, Until finally he goes to... You know, it it goes a commercial break between the hat and the quarters and he doesn't come back on the defensive line. Remember when I was talking about like, I I couldn't put two and two together. I couldn't figure out what it was doing on on the depth chart. Well, it's because the defensive line, it wasn't like he had two defensive ends in Tony Bradford and Philip Bleedy and a nose tackle and Jalen Hutchings. What he had was a defensive end in Tony Bradford, a nose tackle and Jalen Hutchings and a defensive end and Tyree Wilson.
0: No, that's Edge, bro. That's different. Well, okay, Edge. Yeah, that's Edge.
1: But that stand-up outside linebacker position was actually Josiah Pierre. He was the one that was like outside linebacker that was coming on opposite of Tyree Wilson as the fourth defensive lineman of sorts.
0: Uh, Tyree Wilson, you know, his his position edge, I just think DeRooter is probably a huge U2 fan. (laughs) <laughs> and that's all that comes down <laughs> to. Um, Which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. I hear Joshua's tree great.
1: Couldn't tell you. Couldn't even tell you what you said. So, your, your defensive line in game one, maybe overreaction, maybe underreaction, dang good. I mean, Philip Bleedy leading the team in tackles for loss uh, and in sacks. My goodness. Um, let's see. Home. Yeah.
0: I think it was four sacks total And Bleedy. Did he have two and a half?
1: Bleedy had two sacks, three tackles for loss. Of the 13 tackles for loss, Texas Tech recorded the entire game. He had a quarter of them himself.
0: Yeah, the man's been great. I I wonder if there's some thought process to there of, well, teams, maybe not so much now. But at first, they were probably really going to focus on Wilson and kind of forget about Bleedy being over there the other side and he just wrecked shop so who knows (laughs) maybe that'll change a little bit but that could be part of what teams are seeing on the tape now and they're like oh crap we got to account for both sides
1: yeah and and uh, i mean it's not like you're you're losing anything when it's when bradford's in there or hutchings is in there man that that... bradford had a sack didn't he yeah Mm -hmm. he had one too uh Harry Wilson had half a sack. Krishan Merriweather had half a sack. Bleedy had two. Bradford had – he was credited with half a sack. But those don't add up to four. That's only three and a half.
0: So, I probably misread something. That sounds like something I do.
1: I'm I'm looking at the the stat broadcast. Anyways, injury update. We said uh, Shuck will be out multiple weeks. This is coming from the press conference today from – so today, I, I couldn't remember if they kept it on schedule. It was yesterday. It was they,
0: they kept the schedule, so they had the press conference on Labor Day.
1: From McGuire, he could be out a couple of weeks. I'm not sure yet. Uh, Going to roll with both Smith and Morton at the quarterback position moving forward. Uh, I think, I mean, just straight up without even trying to con- consider— who they were playing around and who they were playing against. I think we can say that Donovan Smith looked a whole lot better and maybe Morton will get, uh, he'll, he'll look better with better teammates around him and with more time to be, uh, more comfortable and kind of solidified, um, guys that will be out this week, running back Cameron Valdez will still be out. Defensive back Cameron Watts, linebackers, Derek Lewis and LB Moore. Adrian Fry was listed as probable for Houston, uh, wide receivers, Coy Eakin and Jordan Brown. Uh, Eakin did play a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. And then for sure, at least as listed from uh, McGuire, as returning this week, linebacker Robert Wooten and Bryce Ramirez. And defensive end, I'm going to butcher his last name, Joseph Adedire. I, I thought it was Adedire, but it was like, no, that's, that's absolutely not right. I think it's Adedire. Adidiri.
0: That might be it.
1: You got to put the right emphasis on the correct
0: syllable. Yeah, on the right syllable. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and then defensive back, Landon Hullaby. Those are your returners from injury. Do you want to talk about uh, the Houston Cougars first or or what I learned today looking at the offense under Shuck versus Smith?
0: Let's go Cougs a little bit because I am really excited to see that our linebacker depth is improving Mm -hmm. and – after what I saw today, yeah,
1: okay, so Cougars this weekend, three p m on f s one over under set at sixty five and a half tech as at minus three uh it did open as a pickum, so if you were able to get that, congratulations, <laughs> as Kyle said it, it's a free money glitch. um they are led offensively by quarterback Clayton Tune last year he threw for sixty eight percent of his passes thirty five hundred and fifty yards in a three to one touchdown to interception ratio last week versus UTSA 68% completion percentage, 206 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then ran the ball 15 times himself for 51 yards and another touchdown was the leading rusher in the game.
0: Uh, yeah, and he got a lot of those rushing yards late. Uh, he, he scrambled a little bit early on, um, and had a, but most of the most of the stuff he got it was when he'd roll it out of the pocket and he'd get sacked or something that was an attempt but I mean he just he won the game on his own damn self. I yeah, mean, he had was a, nuts on that two-point conversion and triple overtime.
1: Yeah. Uh they're starting running back that got just as many carries 15 carries but f- only 49 yards. I said only 2 yards fewer than two. Brandon Campbell is a 5'10" 210 freshman transfer from USC. They've actually got quite a few USC transfers on the, on the roster. Um, they've actually got quite a few transfers on the roster. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Texas Tech roster, Texas Tech transfers, excuse me. Running back, Tejon Henry. Y'all remember he's still there. Senior now, 5'7", 180. Last week, he carried the ball eight times for 25 yards. Um, so your, your running attack is going to come from those three. And there was somebody else that had another couple of carries, but not very many. Leading receiver is Nathaniel Tank Dell. Tank is like one of those uh, opposite nicknames. It's like when you call like a 550-pound massive body tiny because Tank is 5'10", 160.
0: Fun fact, they have a lineman who is actually named Tank Johnson That's right, on the Austin. offensive line he started. Nice. So there's there's a couple of Tanks over there.
1: <laughs> well, Tank Dell, receiver Tank Dell, where's number 10? He won't be looking like a like a lineman, especially at 100, 160 pounds. Five receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Last year was also their leading receiver. 90 catches, 1,330 yards,
0: and 12 tugs. Yes, sir. This guy (laughs) is so fast. He's so fast. He's so quick. Um, He had some incredible catches in that game. He also had, Spencer, I don't know if you knew this, but he had a punt return called back. Because of a block in the back or something. Oh, you hate to see him. He he caught he caught the punt. I don't know how fifty five yards or something. Caught the punt, kind of hesitated for a Mississippi, and then just took the hell off, and nobody touched him. It was it was really just like I think I audibly did a John Harris. Wow, <laughs> when I saw that, and I the guys just he's really fast. He's really shifty. Y'all remember him from last year too. So just uh, definitely someone to watch out for.
1: Yeah, other receivers to look out for. Uh, again, these are these are one game numbers. So, like the leading receiver for this game could have been a guy that will never play again. But uh, keeping that in mind, wide receiver Matthew Golden, six foot one ninety freshman, two catches for forty six yards. Wide receiver Joseph Manjack the fourth, great name, 6'3", 202 sophomore, another USC transfer, three catches, forty two yards, and a touchdown. Texas Tech transfer, Keyshawn Carter, 5'11", 180 senior, three catches for 10 yards. And then tight end, Christian Trahan, 6'3", 245 senior, three catches for all of 14 yards.
0: Manjack is the guy who caught the game-tying touchdown to tie it up 21 all. He tipped, he one-handed tipped the pass to himself in the end zone. It was a really incredible catch, if you you all want to look it up. Because it basically... Uh, Toon hit him in the hand. He kind of threw it up in the air, and then he ate, was able to catch it before he ran out the back of the hit zone. Nice job, Man Jack. The fourth. The fourth. Again,
1: because these are one-game numbers, uh, we're just going to just gotta roll with it for now. The offensive numbers for Texas Tech, 472 passing yards on 13.1 yards per attempt, 133 yards on the ground on 4.5 yards a carry, 60% conversion percent conversion rate on third downs versus the Houston defense that gave up 337 passing yards to that's right the roadrunners of UTSA on seven and a half yards per attempt were much better on the ground 104 yards for three and a half yards per carry and only allowed UTSA to convert 42% of their third downs on the flip side when Houston has the ball they passed for only 206 yards on six and a half yards per attempt. Their defense was better defending the pass than their offense was at moving the ball through the year. Texas Tech defense gave up 208 yards on nine yards per attempt in week one. Houston ran the ball 140 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Texas Tech gave up only 50 on 1.2 yards per carry. And the Cougar offense converted on 62% of their third down tries as opposed to Texas tech only allowing 22% conversion on third downs last week. All right. I have a couple of kitly updates. This okay. will be like a, like a standing, not, not, not a bit, but a segment here. <laughs> a bit. It's not a bit. <laughs> um, I, I, I took the, the statistical comparison we took last week. And I pared it down, okay, here are career averages for Kittley in terms of the offenses he calls, passing yards, attempts, yards per attempt, touchdowns, rushing yards, rushing attempts, all those, whatever. And I'm going to compare it back to what he's doing at Texas Tech. Uh, each, su- each successive game, the numbers will kind of more tune in. Um, but 472 passing yards for Texas Tech, Kitley averages 395 a game, 36 pass attempts to a whopping 51 average pass attempts for a Kitley offense. Now, I think this has a lot to do with the offense, the, the Texas Tech just not calling, not having very many plays. They only ran 64 plays, which is like three quarters of a game. Yards per attempt were quite a bit higher, 13.1 to Kitley's average of 7.72. Now that's, I mean, it's fine. I was going to, I was going to qualify why that's kind of low his first two years at Houston Baptist, but that, that holds true for everything. So six passing touchdowns to his just over like three and a half passing touchdowns on average, 133 rushing yards for Texas tech, uh, as opposed to 115, he averages. This is the one that I'm going to keep harping on. Cause I think it's fascinating across his career, as an offensive coordinator, Kitley calls 29.15 rushing attempts per game. Michael, Texas Tech ran the ball twenty-nine times in week shocked. <laughs> Remember when I said of his four years as an offensive coordinator, the difference between the highest or the most called runs and the least called runs over an entire season was only 10 carries. It's because he's Supremely consistent. 4.6 yards per carry for Texas Tech, averages 3.94 on his career, three rushing touchdowns, uh, just under one on his average. 605 total yards, average for Kitley is 510, 63 points, as opposed to 37 and a third
0: over his career. So we'll see how this tracks over the next year.
1: Again, it's week one.
0: Oh, yeah. But All stats are kind of out the window. You got to start somewhere, though. I'm, I'm with you. I would like to
1: <laughs> use these numbers and say, hey, you remember when I said, like, he wasn't going to call a bunch of extra runs because of Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks? Supremely
0: consistent. Well, one of Taj Brooks's oh, was it Brooks or was it Thompson? Hang on a second. Uh, let's see.
1: Well, Thompson had a receiving touchdown that's what you're going after
0: that must have been it
1: and brooks had a three rushing touchdowns like all all of the, the rushing touchdowns were,
0: were well that's what i'm getting at he's just going to use he's just going to use brooks as a receiver because there was one i mean i think smith basically just dumped it off to brooks on the sideline and he just trucked people the whole way that was thompson and, oh that was see i told i knew it was thompson okay you anyway. I got re the, I, I like that they're shuffling them in and out, but it's harder for me to keep up. And I know it's different numbers, but
1: different body sizes and shapes, too. Man, everything's
0: different, but hey. when they're just standing there by themselves, though, that's hard to tell. Yeah, body hey, size.
1: so with that, let's 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 look at uh, uh, the Kitley offense and what he called for, for Tyler Shuck and Donovan Smith because we talked about uh, how they were going to play all of them, um, and how they were going to have packages for everybody. I went, just out of curiosity, I don't know, like I was 20 minutes into the broadcast when I had this idea, so I had to start over on my rewatch. I not only tracked like if it was 11, 12, 10, five wide personnel, I also tracked the the formation itself. I just did a quick sketch of it. Only the first half, because that's really all that mattered. Like I said, it got out of hand enough that, anyways, first half, 34 plays. One, I thought it was fascinating. Both quarterbacks had 17 plays each. (laughs) 17 plays per quarter. Um, Of those 34 plays, Michael, would would you care to guess how many different formations the offense ran?
0: 34 plays, okay. Five.
1: 28. Good Lord. And that's one of these things like, like is this is this something like he's putting on tape like, hey, dana, you gotta you gotta prepare for thirty different offensive formations, or is it like this is really like the differences are so minute in, in the system that the guys it doesn't really make that big of a difference. But like, they only used they only reused a formation six times And in, in it, no formation had more than two plays. So there were uh one, two, three. Four, there were six formations that were used twice.
0: I can do Well, and, and to my credit, I think I had formation and personnel confused.
1: No. So, okay. So to, to your credit then, the personnel pairings, uh, what I would say you have got 10 personnel, which is running back, no tight ends, 11, it's one of each, 12, one running back, two tight ends, or five wide. Those are the four different
0: ones that I saw them run. Okay, so they ran four different personnel. Yay! Yeah, okay. I was at least close on that. But yeah, the formations, man, I still wouldn't have guessed that many. I might have guessed 10.
1: So for both quarterbacks, the most common formation grouping was 11 personnel. So one tight end, one running back. For Shuck, they ran that 11 times. For Smith, they ran it 10 times. So that's, that's pretty similar. That's like their base offense. And it is. It is. 12 personnel. He ran it once with Shuck. So one, t- one running back, two tight ends. With Smith, they ran it six times. Okay. So I wonder if he's more comfortable with having more, more bodies around him. <laughs> um, including his first, three, uh, his first three formations were all 12 personnel, but they were not the same formation with that grouping on the field. They lined up differently. Three different ways with the same
0: seven linemen in those. Well, I don't know. I mean, a tight end can line up wide, I guess.
1: Yeah. So they, they had six on the line for all three of these.
0: Okay. Um,
1: 10 personnel. They ran it three times with shuck, none for Smith. So going back to, he likes tight ends around him. There were no, no calls, no formations ran, with Donovan Smith, that did not have a tight end. Well, that was not ten personnel. There was a they, Smith had a had one five wide play, and I I tried so hard. It was com, it was coming back from a replay, and so like there was not a whole lot of time to look at the and verify. But like I, I I ran through the play a couple of times, and nobody on that on that field looked like it. they were big enough to be any of the three tight ends that Texas Tech uses. Because let, let's be honest, all three of them are pretty distinctive. <laughs>
0: Yes, you should be able to pick those out. Yeah. So, as much as you rightfully chastise me for getting Brooks and Thompson confused, you should be able to spot a tight end.
1: Well, and yeah, and these guys are all big. So, Smith, 17 plays, 10 of them, 11 personnel, 6, 12 personnel, 1 5 wide. And that was a true 5 which five receiver, 5 wide. Um, for Shuck, 17 plays, 11, 11 personnel three 10 personnel one 12 personnel and two five wide
0: excuse me so we can expect to see quite a bit or maybe expect to see quite a bit of 12 personnel with smith in yeah and actually i really like it i do too the more tight ends the better especially when you've got a guy like kitley who's gonna come up with a way to get him to ball because i think all three of them caught a pass i may may not have no he did he did too? Okay.
1: So he, he, all three of them caught a pass. He caught a pass. He caught one of the long passes down the sideline, the left sideline. Uh, it would have been the second quarter. So it would have been on Murray State's sideline. Uh, but yeah, that was a cup reception. I think I think it was the play right before Brooks ran it in for 20-something yards. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, he helped set that up. I didn't realize. So as a starter, starting tight end, Henry Teeter, he played a ton of snaps. Maybe more than anybody else um, on the offense that wasn't a lineman. Cup and Tharp, like they, they, there was a good amount of, of representation, especially when there, there were two guys in the field. But those two guys were definitely the second grouping. Also something I noticed, and I, I kind of mentioned this a second ago. With the game uh, and the lead extending there towards the end of the second quarter, I was realizing... Wholesale shifts and changes in the personnel group, like the personnel on the field, especially on defense. There were drives where it was entirely second team guys on the field. Oh, good. Where like your your linemen were Vidal Scott and Miles Cole. Uh, Your linebackers were uh, Dimitri Moore and Tyreek Matthews. Um, Blake and Baker, whatever his name is, the defensive back and Tyler Owens. Like anyways, wholesale, like second team guys on, on defense. Um, and, and it wasn't like those were the guys that that were getting beat. It was, it was everybody when we're talking about when Murray state was able to find guys behind the defense, it wasn't just the second team. It was first team guys too. So let's not like put that on them. Um, I think the only only time you didn't see like big changes like that were the offensive line until late in the game. They were pretty consistent uh, across the board, um, and then like towards the end of the first half, you saw a lot of receivers like Koi Eakin was in there quite a bit, Brady Boyd was in there quite a bit, um, guys behind like J.J. Sparkman and Trey Cleveland. So,
0: yeah, they really rotated as many guys as they possibly could. I think
1: got a ton of reps. All right. Having said all that, let's jump back. Houston Cougar preview. Are we ready to give our predictions?
0: I am ready, right, and Michael, I'll even go first unless you want to.
1: Let's let's have you go first, man.
0: Okay, I haven't thought of a score yet, but I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> well, workshopping it. It's a pretty part I'll, of this. That's fine. I'll get there. Uh, Houston. I watched most of that game. I've rewatched, as uh, you know, a good chunk of it today and i've come with the inclu- the conclusion that their win in utsa was a fluke. Oh yeah. I don't th- i don't think that if if this wouldn't have happened that they wouldn't have won. Okay, so tell me if you've heard this before. To a score of 21 to 7 and the uh the team comes back to win. Well, that's exactly what <laughs> happened. When Tech played Houston last year, Tech was down 21-7, to and then uh, Houston never scored again, but turned in in a different way in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. Houston was down 21-7 to on the road in the third quarter, and they did manage to battle back, which I was something we just can't ignore. I mean, the fact that this team did that, that Toon basically kind of just decided to put the game on his shoulders at that point but I don't think any of this would have happened if right after going up 21 to seven, Houston had the ball on fourth and one from their own, you know, 34 yard line or whatever. And UTSA got the stop, but they were called on a penalty for a legal substitution. They had 12 men on the field. And of course they went down and drove got it to 21 to 14. And then um, on the ensuing drive after that, the uh, UTSA quarterback, uh, Frank Harris, I believe was trying to throw a pass and it did some weird thing where it just went straight up in the air and a Houston defender caught it. So a couple of really crazy plays that allowed Houston to come back and Tied up at 21 and i really think if that fourth and one stop had stayed then utsa probably would have used that momentum scored it had been 28 to 7 it had been church going into the fourth quarter so I, I think houston just kind of had some lucky breaks at the end um and i think that they're going to come to lubbock and they're going to lose by two touchdowns i think texas tech's going to uh be able to move the ball on these guys i mean this they were able to get pressure on tune with three or four guys. You've got to be really careful about containing him. But on the same token, uh, you know, if Smith's back there and they decide to let him loose a little bit running the ball, uh, Frank Harris, he had, let me see. I had this pulled up earlier. He had eight attempts for 71 yards. If he rushed it, he averaged eight yards a carry. He, he had a, a 38-yard touchdown on his own. And that was when they brought... Th- you know, when they would bring people, he'd take advantage of it. So, they, I know there was one play in particular. I think it was second and 17. UTSA scrambled for 38 yards. There was another play in, in a touchdown. And then there was another time where they got pressure on him. Let's see. Second and 10. Houston brought six. And Harris just dumped it to the midfield. Now, granted, the DBs kind of ran into each other. But that was a 52-yard touchdown. So if they bring that pressure, I think Smith's going to be able to get that ball out fast enough. And then Smith may be able to take advantage of running too, because Harris was really impressive on the ground. He was their, uh, he was their leading rusher uh, for UTSA. Anyway, all that to say, I, I think that this is going to be an exciting game. I'm not going to get too upset with the defense if they allow what I think they're going to allow, but I've got Tech winning. Here we go. Let me do some math. 42-28. Oh. I'm taking the over.
1: So I was, um, when I was watching some of the the Houston game, they're talking about like, they said, oh, Dana Holgerson, he's known for his offense, but actually his defense is getting really good. And then proceeded to get worked over by UTSA. (laughs) I'm not trying to like downplay UTSA. I mean, they are definitely on the rise. Um, those are not the same athletes that you'll see in the big 12. These are guys that they could compete if they had like a bowl time prep versus big 12 athletes, because this is like, they're getting up for the game. And maybe, maybe this was their game that they, they got up for, right. It was for Houston. We, we've seen this team with fewer offensive weapons and more defensive firepower. Get worked over by a Matt Wells Texas Tech team. Granted, they were able to force tune into a lot, of, a lot of turnovers, but you know how they did that? With pressure in his face. I like Tyree Wilson, Josiah Pierre, Philip Bleedy, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutch, all those guys messing up his night, his afternoon, his evening in Lubbock. Give me Texas Tech to win. I was gonna say 42. You took it. Um let's let's throw in uh throwing a field goal there. Forty five thirty one. Okay.
0: Okay. So we're I went
1: up. no, that that's dumb. I just want to put field goal on both of you. <laughs> I think
0: we um, did that last week too, but whatever. <laughs> it's just how it works sometimes. It's different scores you can still win by two touchdowns and just score a little bit more forty five
1: thirty five it it'll be a two score game um, okay okay but it'll be it'll be a fairly comfortable like it'll always it'll it'll kind of be a consistent like you, you'll kind of get that ten ten point or two score lead and then it'll be kind of back and forth where it goes to two scores or one but i think i think Tech's tech will be able to hold them at arm's length uh thirty five kind of feels like a lot it took them three overtimes to get that many points against UTSA. So I just, I have a hard time backing down the, the Kitley offense just yet. <laughs> it's saying they're not going to, not going to get close to 50 burger. Number two of the season. Um, Give me the over and give me tax tech to cover 45, 35.
0: All right. If you're going to the game, hydrate Wear your son protection, <laughs> Wear your son 3 PM kick.
1: It will be, it'll be warmer this weekend than last, uh, each, each consecutive day here. I'm I'm looking at like my, my, uh, my weather app, the forecast when I checked it, like last weekend, it was like 88, 88, 88, 87, 89. And then that day it hit 95. I was like, screw you, man. (laughs) Uh, Saturday, 90 low of 65, a little cloudy, which may mean you get a little, little downpour like we did last weekend. Who knows? But Texas Tech, keep Holgerson, winless in Lubbock since 2016? Whatever it was.
0: Oh, you're going back to West Virginia.
1: West West
0: Virginia. (laughs) Quest Virginia. Oh yeah, that was that weird, they kicked a field goal at the, yeah, that was just a bad beat.
1: Well, there was that or the one. Um,
0: oh, the one they knocked out Bowman, too. Yeah, there was Dick that. Heads. Yeah, jerks. All right.
1: I, I asked for other people's under and over reactions. I haven't checked. Let me see if we got any of those before we wrap this thing up this week. Um, let's see. Okay, so Chad, friend of the show, Chad Hastings, uh, did get us in on some of his cooking and eating From uh, Labor Day, the holiday this week, said he helped his father-in-law smoke his first brisket and rack of ribs and chicken and potatoes. (laughs) He dove in head first. Big fan of smoking now.
0: Um, That's awesome. I would love to be someone's assistant to help them smoke their first thing. If anybody needs me to do that, let me know. And it may not turn out perfectly because uh, I do have a pulled pork update that's luckily Positive. But anyway, okay. if anyone needs me to do that, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Um, Bruce. Donnie Smith for
0: Heisman. Yeah. Bring it, bring in, just like, just going straight to Donnie.
1: Um, Pompello Aviation. When Baron Morton was called up, was he playing with all the ones, or were there mostly twos and threes in by that time? I think it was some twos, mostly threes. If so, do you think he would have had a significant... Significantly impressive outcome with all the ones. Uh, I do think it would be better. I, I don't think it would have been. Donovan Smith. esque, Even though all the, the negatives I said about Smith. At the top of the broadcast. But. I think they would have been closer. I, I, I don't think it would have been like. Oh man. Baron Moore, Obviously third string. Right. No. Yeah. Do you feel more confident with. Donovan Smith or shuck Michael.
0: Gosh, we have such a limited sample size of both. You just said that they, what each had 17 plays. Is that well, right in the first half in the first half? Okay. That's right. Cause Smith played until what? Three minutes left in the, yeah, he got another 10 third. Minutes or so. Okay. Uh, it's kind of early to tell. Did, okay. Did he ask specifically if we had more confidence in one or the other? With Donovan
1: Smith or Shuck? and he says, "Do you think the offense feels or looks better with one or the other?"
0: You know I think if if he'd asked me that before the Murray State game, I would have said, "Shuck, I'd feel more confident with, with that, but now, after seeing I mean Donovan Smith looked like a changed guy out there, and what well, he looked I don't like the guy co- can answer that anymore i don't I don't know if I would say." I would not you know i would not just say oh yeah shuck you know i feel more confident with him and now i really don't know I, I was kind of not kind of i was in shucks court i had no issue with him being called qb1 it made sense to me i was down with it and that on top of i just get tired of arguing about it uh, <laughs> it was it was just i was fine with it but now that i've seen them both play and how well smith came out i don't know if i can answer that anymore
1: So you you said he looked like a change man. I was like I was gonna say no. I don't I don't think he has changed because you saw him just light up Mississippi State in the bowl game. That's true. But his completion percentage is a lot higher in this game than it was at any point last year. So maybe that's that's a you know contributing factor. Like it just there wasn't the drop off I I was thinking. And 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 not that I would I would I would have expected there to be a big one between Shuck and Smith. I, I thought it was gonna look a little bit different, be a little more run heavy. It wasn't. It wasn't no. like the, the, the formations changed a little bit and, and the personnel around them changed. It didn't overall affect the effectiveness of the quarterback or the yards or anything like that. So um, before the season, I, I was expecting Chuck to be the starting quarterback. I would have been okay and bordering excited for Smith to be the starting quarterback. I'm like, Oh man, I really really want to see what Smith can do with, with Whereas I was like, I was just kind of tossing it up. Like shucks more like the stereotypical prototype of a Kitley quarterback. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not more confident with either of them. Uh, especially after seeing Smith kind of close that gap in game performance this weekend.
0: Yeah, and you know, like we mentioned earlier, with how Frank Harris was able to kind of torch him on the ground last week, I, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Smith use his feet on designed plays, or at least plays where he's given the opportunity to take advantage of an open midfield. And you know, maybe they're just rushing three, and everybody's trying to cover somebody, and Smith just takes off, or I, I don't know. I I do think that opens the offense up a little bit more, but I am. I'm not surprised that they truly do have different formations and different personnel in for these different quarterbacks, as much as they've talked about the packages and what they're doing for them. Yeah. But I just didn't know how, um, how we would be able to track that. And Spencer was able to, and that kind of makes me more excited to see more tight ends, the more tight Mm -hmm. ends, the better. So I I am kind of leaning on the offense might open up a little bit more with Smith or might be a little bit, uh, different to what most defenses see who don't play Iowa state.
1: Yeah. All right. With that, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with what we learned and then give a quick update for the programming update for the rest of the, rest of the week.
0: What did we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't f- know either.
1: All right. I told everybody that I was going to try out shotgun sh- shells, smoked shotgun shells. It's the, Kind of the new ish smoked tailgate appetizer food that's been going around starting this summer. Uh, if you don't know what it is, essentially it's a manicotti shell. You, you leave it uncooked and then you stuff it with a blend of sausage and cream cheese and put peppers in there if you want or more shredded cheese. Wrap that in bacon. You let that kind of sit in the fridge for. Uh, a few hours and then you smoke it for an hour, hour and a half. So I did that. I, I, I bought a, a package of, uh, I'm blanking on the brand. Maybe it was Johnsonville, just Italian sausages. Uh, I, I, I cut the, the sausage out of the casing, mix it up with a block of cream cheese and a handful of shredded cheese, stuffed that in the manicotti shells, wrapped it with regular bacon, not thick cut, put that in the, the refrigerator for, uh, I don't know, six hours or so
0: smoked it for an hour. Okay. So same day. So same day.
1: Yeah. It, they, they say like you can do like, it needs at least four hours for the contents to kind of soften up the shell enough for when you cook it, the shell. Okay. Too. Well, um,
0: that's a game changer. Cause I, I, I just had in my head and no one said this and you never did. I just thought, Oh, it's overnight. You've got to prep this the day before, but you don't have to. You, and yeah, that may you, not actually be a good idea. I don't know if that might be too long.
1: Well, so one of the guys I saw did uh, meat church, the guys out there in Waxahachie. Uh, he said, we've tested this so many times. Like we did it like an hour increments, one hour, two hour, three hour, four hour, whatever. He said from our testing and tasting, once you hit four hours, like not much else changes in terms of texture, but less than four hours, you get incre- increasingly more al dente to crunchy noodles. Like, and we weren't about that. He said, no, I yeah, would yeah, recommend let's, let's at least four that. hours. You can do it overnight. Yeah whatever. Okay. Um, smoked it. I called an audible, uh, there at the end, I, I glazed half of them in barbecue sauce. I was like, I'm gonna test that too. So first off, uh, I was expecting more of a cheesy, uh, texture, like a cheese ball kind of texture in the middle. The sausage, when it cooks, it kind of firms up. It's more like, um, like a meatball than a cheese ball on the inside. So don't okay, Not a deal breaker. Don't expect it to be oozy, greasy, cheesy, uh like a cheese pull, like a slice of pizza or something. It was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I think at least with the, the the sauce I used, which was just the red redder meats barbecue sauce, the little little glaze was was an added touch to it. Um and I did some fairly Straightforward barbecue seasoning. I, I did a little bit of seasoning in the the mixture that went into the into the shells, and then a little bit on the outside of the bacon. Once those were all wrapped up, you don't need uh, any kind of toothpicks to hold the bacon on. It it does fairly well. Uh, I will say, any of the shell that is exposed in the smoker is going to going to be crispy. <laughs> so that's okay. My, Like you want to be careful to cover everything with bacon um, and just expect crunch if there's not, and it's not a deal breaker, but like it definitely the textures changed if it's not covered by, by the bacon. Um, It's really good. I don't know if if I would want to make it more cheesy and gooey on the inside and mess with that, that ratio Um, that, that mixture, like the one package of sausages, one block of cream cheese did almost exactly the entire pack of manicotti noodles that came in the box. The last one was like half filled. So if you were to remove some of the sausage to make it more cheesy or add more cheese, like you'd have to, you probably have to remove some of the meat to make it more cheesy. Um, you probably would be left with a couple of, uh, shells left over. not the end of the world, but it's the process of putting it together. It's probably just best if you want to put gloves on and just use your fingers. I, I tried a piping bag. It's so thick. Uh, it's hard to get it yeah. out, so it will be a do-over. Have, it is it is labor intensive, not as much as you would think, uh, but it's more so than like uh, jalapeno poppers, which I also did. Didn't have toothpicks. Wish I had toothpicks. But
0: shotgun shells were Yeah, great. jalapeno poppers, corn. The jalapenos always take take me longer than it should. I, I don't know why. But uh, you should th- a I spoon. It's great. You may man. have mentioned it. Well, I've got. I even got the little core thing. I still. I think I'm just. That's too much like really OCD about it. But if you, if you said it, I'm sorry, but what did you do? Like two seventy 300.
1: It was, uh, I think, yeah, 300 for like an hour. I think well, it, it may have been like an hour and a half total once. Cause like you just wanted it to like the bacon to, to get crispy and cook. And then the, obviously the sausage on the inside, cause it wasn't a cooked sausage for that to be cooked. It really only takes like an hour cause they're
0: not that, that thick. Well, I really think I need to try this because I've, I've, I've got some regained confidence. Okay. I had a, I had a pulled pork redemption this weekend, or Labor Day to be specific. I woke up at four a.m. Ooh, that's commitment. I, mean, I, I was under the gun because we had people coming over for lunch. Oh, yeah. And so for so for
1: like, right. me have even been pushing it.
0: Well, it, it it was, it cooked a little faster than I thought it would. Oh, okay. Go on. Uh, Cause we did warn people. We were like, y'all come over anytime after 11 or 12, but it may not, we may not eat until between one and two. So anyway, um, I pulled it off right at 1230. So it was perfect. The, the last of our guests had just arrived. And, I, and so I was like, okay, great. And so we pulled it off and my wife really likes to do the pulling part okay. of the pulled pork. And so uh, she did that. And the whole time I was watching her, I was like, that doesn't look that great. I'm I'm not super thrilled about this. But then the pulled pork itself was like, it was like butter, my man. It was just, it just Come basically here. melted. My little five-year-old who doesn't like to eat meat unless I grill it, the tradition continues. <laughs> she just took down some pulled pork for lunch and for dinner. Now she may or may not have dipped it in ketchup, She's five. Leave her be. She's eating food we cooked. That's not chicken nuggets warmed up in the air fryer or a peanut butter sandwich. So we call it a win. But yeah, the girl, she'll eat, she'll eat fajitas, fajita meat, you know, if we cut it up real, but it's crazy. Like she won't eat a cheeseburger. She won't eat steak. She won't. But in, unless it's like a grilled steak that I, we cook at home and hand to her, then she'll anyway. So pulled pork was great did my injection did the you yellow it. mustard. Oh yeah. I always inject it. Oh, it's expands. It's a mixture. Explain. Okay. I will. It is a mixture of apple juice, water, salt, sugar, and Worcestershire sauce. Okay. And so it works out to almost two cups of liquid. So it's quite a bit of liquid, but I inject every bit of it that I can into that pork butt so that um and then after that I you know lathered it in mustard then I put my rub some butt seasoning on it and then after that when you when I wrap it cuz I wrap it at like 165ish 170 in foil and so it holds all those juices in i mean you get like a like when you open it up it there's like half juice in there and so then that's what we use like after we've pulled it and everything instead of adding barbecue sauce or anything to the pulled pork we just pour that juice back over it and it's fantastic
1: so kind of braises people can add
0: sauce on the side or whatever
1: do what it kind of braises in the foil then
0: it does a little bit with with the pulled pork i do especially with the full wrap you don't get really that much of a bark on the outside but i found that that is not something my wife enjoys at all because there was one time i think i did a pulled pork and i didn't wrap it just to see what would happen and it did have that bark and she was just she was not into it well, and, so and, you the, know, to be honest, I wasn't either cuz it's kind of weird. It's it's not like brisket. Yeah, I was about know? to say I mean,
1: the way that the, the way that the pulled pork breaks down, you get like this little tiny piece of bark on a string of meat.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Whereas like with brisket yeah. you get a, you get more bark to meat.
0: Anyways. Yeah, well, so it's, it, I, I redeemed myself. I think I'm ready To cook again, and hopefully won't be any more fails for a while. So I I may I may try those shotgun shells now that I've got a little bit more confidence. I was in I was in a slump, man. I was on a nine game skid like the Rangers, and I've I've worked myself out of it.
1: It may be ten at this point. They they are playing the the Astros.
0: Oh yeah, it's gonna be (laughs) ten.
1: All right, really quickly, Rob Rose Tailgate Show. I may or may not be out of town this weekend. I may not be there. We may we'll have to figure out if there's a post game show even. But if, if okay. we are, we'll, we'll, we'll keep everything rolling. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week, if not this weekend, as we take down the Houston Cougars.
0: Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LVK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly!